Hey, PT listeners, we've been working on something special at Tier 11, something that I can say without exaggeration or without hesitation will produce better ad optimization and increased conversions and have a profound impact on the amount of data you can send back to all your ad platforms. That includes Meta, that includes TikTok, that includes Google, and we call it X-Ray Tag. And it's only available to Tier 11 customers. A lot of businesses think that it's Black Friday, it's the holiday season, and once they actually get through that, then they'll worry about next year. Well, now is the time for you to start gathering all the data that you can to set yourself and your business up for success in 2024. X-Ray Tag replaces all the potpourri of pixels, cappies, cookies with one single implementation that sends higher quality first-party data back to all your ad platforms. In fact, in our early testing, we've seen a 40 to 100% increase in event matching quality, aka EMQs in Meta, which translates into better ad optimization and increased conversions. So if you feel like your ads are flying blind, head on over to tier11.com forward slash x-ray to get early access. Clients to sign up before the end of the year, move to the front of the line, and we are only offering this for the PT listener like yourself. So head on over to tier11.com forward slash x-ray. Don't miss out. They're forcing yeah. the usage of GA4, everything needs to tie into GA4. Dude, they're killing conversion tracking for the majority of Google ad campaigns. I think it's in July. If you're not on GA4, if you're using UA, Universal Analytics, your tracking is just not going to work, which is crazy because most people don't realize that that's what they're doing. Mm. You know, most people's accounts were set up by somebody that's no longer there, somebody who's not paying attention, an agency that's taken over, or yourself and all these tutorials. This is why we've never told anybody to track using UA. You reconcile using UA, but there's a storm coming. You're listening to Perpetual Traffic. Hello and welcome to the Perpetual Traffic Podcast. This is your host, Ralph Burns, and this is the show where we share cutting-edge strategies in acquiring leads and sales for your business through traffic. And today, we're going to be talking more than just traffic. Kasim Aslam, we're going to be talking tools on CRO. What does CRO mean for the perpetual traffic listener? I know you of someone who loves the funnel side of digital marketing so well. You know what's funny about this, man, is I'm thinking about our CMOs and our director of marketing, and I'm curious as to whether or not the average CMO knows what CRO means. Or is that like beneath their pay grade? That's my question. My guess is they've heard it, but they probably don't know a hundred percent what it is, but that's okay. Because do your I job. Think, I think you need to know enough. Yeah. And hopefully today we'll be able to sort of give you maybe some prompts to your team, or if you are a team member who does CRO, which we still haven't told you what it is, you know, you might be able to pick up some of these tools. So we did a show about this a few weeks back and the feedback was more tools. So I mentioned a bunch of different tools that we use inside Tier 11. So I actually went to our CRO team, which we call conversion architecture. We're working on a trademark for that, by the way, Cosm. Hashtag TM. Uh, hashtag TM. That's right. It's a state trademark right now. But anyway, the point is, is it's all about after the click. So we realized that ads are only part of the equation when it comes to scaling and growing a business and acquiring your ideal customer online. Well, there's two sides to the coin shall we say. Mm. There's before the click and there's after click. So this is all going to be about after the click today because that's the conversion part of traffic. 
which also helps with your offer, your avatar, all the stuff that we talked about with Jason Fladlin a week or so ago, which was another episode. We'll leave a link in the show notes too. But before we get into that, so CRO is... Conversion rate optimization. That's it. That's it. Conversion rate optimization. And all you really need to know is that's everything after the click. So we're going to give you a list of tools that we use to do that through our conversion architecture division, which is booming right now, Kasim. Everybody wants it. They don't think they need it. That's the funny Mm. thing. But then when we do the deep dive analysis, we're like, well, you don't actually need more ads. You just need to be able to optimize everything after the click and get higher AOV, higher lifetime value, that sort of stuff. So hopefully these tools today will be able to let you do that. So before we get into that, I know you've got a juicy nugget, a non-CRO juicy nugget for our listeners. Ralph, this is so good. I almost don't want to give it away. Eh, Maybe we shouldn't. Maybe we should. I'm going to hold it back. No. So there's this tool, speaking of tool times, there's a tool called Snipply, snipply.io, link in the show notes. I'm not an affiliate, but what's cool about Snipply is it's a link shortener, just like any other URL shortener you've ever used. So if you happen upon an article and you want to share it with your social audience or put in an email or whatever, instead of using Bitly, you use Snipply. But what's cool about Snipply is after they've clicked on the link, and this blows my mind, by the way. After they click on the link, Snipply allows you to have an overlay with your own call to action. So you send them to an article from you know, Forbes or Alpha or Barron's or whatever, and they're on Forbes, but then there's your CTA, like nice, prominent, apparent, and it turns the whole of the internet into like your content marketing library. It's freaking brilliant. It's zero money. It's like 60 bucks a month for their highest package. So if you share a bunch of content as part of your content marketing strategy, use Snipply. If you don't share a bunch of content, you should be. Because sharing other people's content is actually, I think, it's a way to build trust. You're out there and you just become the source of truth, but you're allowing people to continue to engage with you even when they're not on your site. Hashtag golden nugget. So it takes the authority of whatever your space is, you know, it might be an e-commerce brand, maybe it's Oprah.com. You know, you're an agency and it's Fortune or Forbes. But if you're sharing that on your socials, Snipply will allow you to, in essence, claim credit through retargeting. It was like snip.ly. Yeah. When we first started using it, it was okay. It was a little janky, but now it's a whole lot better, it seems. But then you can actually take that and then retarget as well, if I'm not mistaken. The retargeting used to be a lot better than it is now. I haven't used it recently, but we used to be able to install your Pixel. And I think post iOS 14, there were some restrictions there, and I don't know what they are anymore. So what I would tell everybody is go play with that. Because it used to be badass from a remarketing perspective. I haven't tried it since the iOS update, so I can't tell you whether or not it works. Mm. But at the very least, you're really you're borrowing the authority of that other. That's a, that's the exact right way to say that. You're yeah. borrowing the authority. I really like that. That's killer. Well, we will leave a non-affiliate link in the show notes for you all. So let's get right into tools. Without further ado, so once again, this was an episode that we did a few weeks back, episode 478. It was a non-custom episode. I was so lonely just doing the episode all by myself. Five proven ways to improve your website conversion rate. So go back to that episode and definitely listen to that. 
there's a lot more that's in there, but I think we're going to break this down based upon what our actual team is using and actively using here based upon four different ways in which we measure the effectiveness of our conversion architecture or after-the-click service. So the first one, and this is one that you and I both love because we just had the founder on just recently, is go high level. Yeah. That's the most disruptive piece of software in the marketing space, period. Yeah. Period. Full stop. 100%. I found it's particularly helpful for service-based businesses and just being able to set up everything after the click there even more so. I think you actually probably have a little bit more experience there. In my mind, and I think in our team's mind, we've sort of pigeonholed into a service-based offering for an attorney or for an agency or, you know, for a, a lawn care service, that kind of thing. There's far more to it than that. And we'll leave links in the show notes for the interview we did with Sean Clark, not once, but twice he's been on the show. So we obviously believe in it a lot. Is that your sense, service-based businesses, or am I thinking too narrowly on that? Well, to be honest with you, that's kind of how they pitch it. Yeah. At least it was in the very beginning. And a lot of their tool sets, you know, their Google My Business integration, for instance, their phone call tracking, even the way their CRM is structured, a lot of the tool sets lend themselves towards local service-based businesses. But what's nice about it is just like any toolbox, it's as powerful as the person using it. So it's really only limited by your creativity. I think it's a solid clavial replacement in a lot of ways, not in every way. Like if you've got an e-com biz and you're looking for abandoned cart follow-ups or, you know, again, pipeline ascension, whatever, high level does a ton of that. So I would just encourage everyone to go play with it. If you haven't demoed the product, it's amazing. Again, maybe it's beneath their pay grade, right? So if you're a CMO or a director of marketing, go point at this and make mm -hmm. whoever it is that presses the buttons for you play with it because it's the most expensive tool set for the least amount of money inside the digital marketing space. Yeah, well said. I think with every service-based business, so like a lot of people say it's, all right, this is lead gen. Well, it's not really lead gen. This is, I think, where a lot of agencies or maybe even CMOs and directors of marketing get a little bit caught up. It's like, what are you trying to measure? What you ultimately want to measure is you don't want necessarily want to measure phone calls and leads. Like That's okay. And that's, I think, what a lot of agencies hang their hat on is that where we have found Go High Level really, really helpful alongside proper tracking. Without the proper tracking and the integration on the back end into the CRM or wherever your money is collected. And this is especially true in like the personal injury law space, which is an area where it's like super competitive keyword wise. We did a case study on that here a while back. That back end tracking has to be done really, really well through offline conversions. And we found that that 90-day window that I know you know so well on the Google side, and also offline conversions are tracked through 90-day conversion window on the Facebook side. And that way you've got 80 some odd, 90% of the internet covered, especially if you're doing any sort of digital advertising. It's like offline conversions. And then you link it in to go high level if you're trying to sell anything online, but it involves human interaction or something being entered into a CRM system, like Go High Level is amazing for this. If you combine it, especially with that offline tracking, so that way the algorithm can go out and find more people that you're actually looking for their paying customers. Right. High Level reminds me of any industrial product. 
you know, there's a printer you can buy as a consumer. And then there's the printer you can buy as like a professional print shop. And if you go buy your professional print shop printer, you better know how to use it. You know what I mean? High levels that way. It's big, it's badass, but it's only for the professionals. If you try to pull that thing up yourself and do exactly what you just said, first party data acquisition, you got to build that. And you have to know how or have somebody on your team that knows how. Yeah. So that's the biggie. So that's our first one here. Shout out to uh, Sean Clark on that. Definitely listen to that episode as well. You sort of see how a visionary sort of thinks about a business, not just in terms of what it can get them, but also his worldview, which we had a very interesting conversation. We went way off the rails on that one. I think we had to pull ourselves back in or maybe I pulled you guys back in. But anyway, super smart. I think it speaks to the founder, the intelligence of the product, too, yeah. which is very cool. So the second one that we use, and I'm not going to get into too much detail here, but if you haven't heard of these guys and you're doing any sort of funnel building, especially in the digital product space, I mean, we probably have a dozen customers that use ClickFunnels still to this day, and it just plain works. There's absolutely no reason why you shouldn't at least look at it if you have a upsell sequence or you're doing a webinar to a booked call to a sale to a coaching to anything. I think every single one of our front-end lead gen, not service-based businesses, but then primarily either coaching or digital products for back-end, everybody uses ClickFunnels. I don't know how much experience you guys have with it on Solutions 8, but we're huge believers in it and fans of it and recommend it to everybody. Or we just build it out if they need us to do a funnel. That's usually the place that we'll start is ClickFunnels. Can I tell you my ClickFunnels story? You may. We launched a mastermind, drivenmastermind.com, for anybody who's interested in joining. Oh, nice plug. Yeah. See what I did there, Rob? Uh-huh. We launched this mastermind, and Perry built the sales letter in ClickFunnels. And we're getting all these applications, all these submissions. But I took over the management of the mastermind because he's busier and more important than I am. And I rebuilt it on the same platform we were using for membership management, just for ease. Just, you know, the tech stack is just all in one place. And ClickFunnels wasn't going to do the LMS piece as well. And we had a bunch of content upload on the back end and whatever, whatever, whatever. So rebuild the website. But I rebuilt it line for line verbatim to match the ClickFunnels sales letter. So you couldn't tell the difference. All the content was the same. The images were the same in the same places. And yet our conversions plummeted, plummeted. And then Perry kept saying, dude, you got to go back to ClickFunnels. I'm like, dude, there's no way. Because there's some nuance changes. The size of the font, the way it's responsive to mobile, the way the buttons look. And I'm like, there's no way that's what did it. There's no way. I refuse to believe it. And a couple months go by and our conversions are still plummeting and we're not getting them. And, and Perry said it softly like one or two times. And finally, he was like, dude, just for me, will you go back to ClickFunnels? And uh, so we, we switch it back to ClickFunnels. Ralph, that day, two conversions. When we, we'd been flatlined for like a month. And I'll never live it down because he's not a very good winner. I, I know you probably know that about Perry Belcher. Like he's just yes. going to rub my face in it for the rest of my life. And he but will. there's something about the small nuances within ClickFunnels there's so many landing page builders out there, but the way that they've chosen to optimize on micro scales with billions of dollars, literal billions of dollars in ad spend pushed to these landing pages, like they really have cracked the code on what converts. Mm. Yeah. It's like it's industrial strength. Yeah. So many people have tried to replicate the Amazon sales funnel. And rightly so. You should. You should look at what Amazon does. There's nobody better. There's probably 
a thousand split tests going on right now in the Amazon sales funnel. I equate click funnels, maybe not to the degree of Amazon. Amazon is a, what a gazillion dollar company. Click funnels has like figured it out. They've done it. So instead of going out and if you're an e-commerce I store, they've done it better than Amazon. I actually don't think the two are analogous. It's like a slightly different funnel. My point is they did it professionally and have figured it out. You can grab that same type of professionalism through, I would guess, billions of dollars spent on paid traffic and billions of dollars of products being sold through ClickFunnels. And why not do it? It's the easy solution. And this is a great example of just that. You know, it'd be funny to kind of look the split test and go back and look at where mouse flow kind of works or where heat tracking actually makes the difference, but they've already figured it out. So why try and reinvent the wheel? And they have so many pre-built templates and the OTO and the upsell, and they've just done a really, really good job. Sounds like you've become a funnel converter. I'm not. I still think that funnels are flawed models, if I'm being honest. I think the funnel concept is great if you've got impulse buys, basically. I wasn't going to go off on this tangent, Ralph. You, you poked the bear here. This is Uh-oh. your fault. Uh-oh. It takes there's, it's, it's too many multivariant touch points for anything that's long-term. I just wrote a Twitter thread on this. The average apparel buyer visits 33 pages before they make one purchase. 33 pages. That is so counter to the funnel paradigm Hmm. Now, I realize that funnels aren't necessarily used to sell apparel in that way, which is why there's definitely a time and a place for funnels. But the industry overcorrected with its use of funnels. They used funnels for everything where I think it's list building, impulse buys, new customer acquisition, and then, of course, like info products and those types of things. But, I mean, they started a crowbar medical devices into funnels, you know, and I just think that's a flawed model. Well, I might have a solution for you if you've got an e-commerce store. But anyway, I hear what you're saying. I respectfully disagree. However, <laughs> let's move on. Let's move on. Yeah. So the next one, which I know is near and dear to both of our hearts, we just did a training on this. This is why we're doing this whole sort of series on conversion rate optimization is when it comes to learning management systems, it's Kajabi. Kajabi is fabulous. They have figured it out. Now, I will say I'm biased here because we love these guys. We've used them for years and years. You know, we did have some info products that we sold a while back, which actually did really well. They're all housed on Kajabi. It's the go-to solution. So if you have a digital product and you need an LMS to house your stuff, your lessons, Kajabi is the only solution that I would use. And yeah, I've heard it said that Kajabi is the Shopify of LMSs. It really is. They just figured it out so well. I will say this, is that the page builders and the A-B testing side of the equation, sort of the first click conversion, I would always prefer click funnels into Kajabi. That's how we kind of built things. I know they've really enhanced that page builder side of the equation. So like, if you do have that capability where you can integrate the both of them in, that's what we did. That's what a lot of our customers now do, but that page builder side for Kajabi is getting better. But as far as organizing your content, putting it together, having a creative flow, the customer service is amazing. These guys have put it all together. I know you guys are doing some Google training for them in a couple of weeks, which is pretty John's cool. John's there right now. Oh, John's there. Oh, as really? As we speak, John's recording and we're doing deep dives. So if you're a Kajabi user... Stay tuned because we're going to have some pretty intense training on how to use Google Ads specifically for Kajabi. 
Yeah. So we just did a CRO training myself and one of our funnel specialists, Maria, there this past week, which should be live sometime in May, June. Nice. They're building up a really robust library of subject matter experts too. If you're starting out or you know, if your team is just starting out, they've got a great learning system of how to use Kajabi, but also how to optimize all the different aspects of it through subject matter experts like ourselves, like you guys. I think Molly Pittman was in there on the Facebook side of the equation. Molly Pittman's the one that got me the gig. Yeah. Yeah. And Russ, Russ Henneberry's done some content marketing stuff, like really, really good. So just first class, can't say enough great things about them in a great organization. So that's definitely another one that we use on that side. The fourth one that we do use a lot is obviously is WordPress. I think that's table stakes at this point. I wouldn't even add that in, but if you don't know what WordPress is and you're a director of marketing, you should probably know or at least have some really good dev people on your side to be able to facilitate that. Lots of page builders that are inside WordPress. Do you have a favorite theme, just out of curiosity? Do I have a favorite theme? I have not built a website on WordPress for 10 years. So well, I haven't either, but I like Divi. Divi, yes. Divi themes, absolutely. I bring it up because WordPress, like you said, is such a ubiquitous truth. Next follow-up question is, well, like, which, which one? Because right. the theme that you use, no two themes are alike, and some of them are so different that it doesn't even feel like you're using the same CMS. And Divi, for whatever it's worth, it's by a company called Elegant Themes. I'm not an affiliate. Dude, it's like a joy to work with is what I'll say. I'm just a huge, huge fan of Divi. And what I think is cool is when you buy it once, you can use it for as many websites as you want or need. Instead of having to buy a theme every single time from ThemeForest or whatever, you buy it one time and then you get to use it in perpetuity. They are, now that I'm looking at this, this is actually what our webmaster uses. So, I figured. Dude, everybody yeah. who knows is using Divi. We'll just confirm that through our conversion architecture division, but I know that that's what we use on the Tier 11 site. It really does help. We're rebuilding it right now. You can build in a, like a visual builder and then preview it. It's really, really, really good. We'll definitely leave links in the show notes for that as well. The next one that we use, not quite as great in my mind as ClickFunnels, but Instapages is one that we use. If we're trying to just build really quick landing pages and get a beta version, Instapages is another one that we use quite a bit here. It's not quite as popular as ClickFunnels because usually you know, the upsell sequences and everything else goes along with it. And just the conversion, the traffic that they've had in the past, obviously, you're not reinventing the wheel here. But Instapages, we really do like is just sort of a pure play landing page design all kinds of other plugins that you can use inside WordPress. Elementor themes is another one that we'll use a fair amount. I mean, there's a lot there. Remember when everyone was using lead pages when digital marketing first started? I used to be such a fan of lead pages. And then they made some just strategic business decisions about how they were pricing usage. And it pissed me off beyond repair. So I'm no longer a fan, I'll say. Yeah, I don't know why that's not on this list because we loved this at first. And I don't know. Dude, I, just... love, I love lead pages at first too for a long, long time. Yeah. But now I'm just like, nah. You know, you got to be careful about screwing your users. Yeah. There's just some times where it's like, hey, how about you leave money on the table and you don't piss me off? And then also only charge on one level of analysis. If you're going to charge by user, then don't charge me per page visit. If you're going to charge by page visit, don't charge me per theme. If you're gonna, You know what I mean? Like when you have this multivariant, very special pricing where no matter what I do, I turn around and I go get nicked again. Like I just start to get, you can hear my voice. I just start to get mad. Yeah. I think that's probably one of the reasons why. So Instapages is still the one that we 
I don't know as if we would build out entire funnels, but it's a great way of getting a landing page, like an alternate version, the B version in your A-B tests. So yeah. I, I would stick with Instapages for right now. Lead pages we don't recommend, I think, for a lot of those reasons that you just mentioned. Now, the next one that we use on the funnel building side, I'm not as familiar with, but this actually helps answer the question. And I know we've got two or three customers that use this right now is gem pages. And it's specifically for Shopify. So this mm. answers a bit of that question. We were using Zipify pages for quite some time. Love Ezra and his stuff over there. But our team, and they do this a lot, constantly testing new tools. This is a tool I'm not as familiar with. But if you have a Shopify store and you're looking for ways in which to increase your conversion rates for most people just send traffic to a product page. Right. If you look at some of these themes and everything, like this looks really, really impressive. It looks I'm on in the site. It looks super cool. Yeah. So that's a killer one for if you're selling physical products. So you can combine a bit of the sales page idea, but not just sending it to a product page. So we're working on a bunch of conversion architecture projects right now with e-com stores. We'll have more information on gem pages for that because it's impressive. And this has been a solution which has been harder to find. This boom in e-commerce in 2020, remember that pandemic thing that we went through? <laughs> and 2021, 22, 23, I wouldn't see a massive decline, but there is definitely a leveling off or a downward trajectory in a lot of those businesses that were flourishing through those years. And, you know, this is a big part of it is what do you send your traffic to? Do you send it to a collection page? Do you send it to your homepage? And a lot of our e-commerce stores just send to homepages because they have good ability to be able to convince and get them to understand exactly what their product is all about. But ultimately, they convert on a product page. And Gem Pages seems like it's a pretty damn good solution here. So those are the preferred funnel building tools. Let's get into the split testing tools we use. I'm just going to rattle these off because I know we I had mentioned these in the previous episode. One of the ones which we love, 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 but is being sunsetted September 30th, 2023. So maybe you can get in before it's all over is Google Optimize. It is our number one A-B testing tool, but I don't know. You have any insight on the Google side of the equation, why they're getting rid of this I thing? Know they always say they're going to sunset shit and then they don't. It happens all the time. I don't know if you've had that same experience. My expectation is they're going to bring back something that's similar, but more aligned with their current direction. If you're heavy into Google Optimize, I wouldn't be too worried. I don't think they're going to like just completely walk away from this feature set. I think they just need to like turn off what they currently have and then give us something that's a little bit more privacy first. So according to the site, they say it's because they're investing in third-party A-B testing tools within Google Analytics 4. Yeah, everything's moving towards GA4. They're forcing yeah. the usage of GA4. Everything needs to tie into GA4. Dude, they're killing conversion tracking for the majority of Google ad campaigns. I think it's in July. If you're not on GA4, if you're using UA, Universal Analytics, your tracking is just not going to work, which is crazy because most people don't realize that that's what they're doing. Mm. You know, most people's accounts were set up by somebody that's no longer there, somebody's not paying attention, an agency that's taken over, or yourself and all these tutorials. This is why we've never told anybody to track using UA. You reconcile using UA. 
But there's a shitstorm coming. And if you're not using GA4, we should mention that in the tools. We have Mercer coming on to talk about that, by the way. Yeah, kind of the world authority on GA4. He'll be on in a few weeks. I've promised him and you, my firstborn child, that I won't cancel that like I did the first time, <laughs> 19 times. Yeah. Although my first For our listeners, was- Ralph canceled on Mercer eight times. <laughs> Dude, Mercer messaged me on Facebook. He's like, am I being punked? Do you guys not want me on this show? What is what is happening here? I don't know. I'm deep in the hole. I've lost his trust completely. Yeah. But uh, yeah. He's get- a data guy, dude. Like he's counting. <laughs> he is counting. He's, got he's a, measuring he's got a my non-conversions. The number of, like, yeah, Ralph's retention rate on podcasts. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah, he's got an Excel spreadsheet on my ass. That's yeah. for sure. 100%. So uh, we will certainly talk about GA4 when he comes on the show in a couple of weeks. So stay tuned for that. Split testing tools. We also do like ClickFunnels. If you're using ClickFunnels, use the split testing tool. Very cool to see that right inside the platform itself. One of the ones that we're using back now, which we stopped using for a while because the code was too heavy and it really, really affected page load speed. And I think I mentioned that on the show I did recently is VWO, Visual Website Optimizer. Mm. So that's a paid tool as well. They might have a free trial. I'll see if I can muster up a page that maybe gets you a free glance at it. So split testing tool, pretty darn good there. Instapages also has a good split testing side to the equation. So I wouldn't discount that sort of in-app itself. Also, Gempages does. So Gempages with another mention there. So if you're a Shopify store, definitely check it out. We are testing it heavily here. And like I said, we'll have more information on that. So split testing tools, Google Optimize. Cosm doesn't think it's going to be sunsetted. Great. because I just don't trust Google. We, it's not that I, don't, <laughs> you know, I just don't trust anything they say ever. The last two categories are tracking and some design tools. I'm just going to rattle these off here because we're at time. Is mouse flow. We've been using this one for years and years. I think I first heard about this from Perry Belcher. (laughs) Seriously. Like he was the first one on it, like he is with everything, it seems. Like he knows stuff's coming out before it actually comes out. Mouseflow, it's a user experience and basic funnel performance. So definitely check that one out or have your team check it out. We really like Funnelytics too. This is a paid tool. It's kind of expensive. They switched to a different model. It's not quite as favorable. We do like those guys a lot. And of course, Google Analytics and GA4 will do that with Mercer. And last but not least, for tracking and integration side, I don't know as if we'd be able to live without Zapier. I know we've mentioned them on this show many, many times. I was talking about offline tracking before. Like, what would we do without Zapier? I don't know. Zapier is the key to the internet. You know what pisses me off is people are like, oh, Zapier is so expensive. And in my mind, I'm like, for what you get, I mean, I can connect any tool with any tool in a really elegant and easy to use way. And then it'll monitor those connections for me and tell me when they break. Like, that's unbelievable. I think Zapier's a fraction of what it should cost. It is. I mean, I don't even look at the bill because it's like, it's so worth it. And if a client doesn't have it, it's like, yeah, we'll do it. Right. What's the most complex integration? Maybe this is below your pay grade at this point, but I just know our dev team is like, everything's Zapier. What's the most complex integration that you know of that you've done using Zapier that you otherwise wouldn't be able to like with hundreds of customers you guys have? Maybe just an example of like, so oh my God, there's no way level, I can fix this kind of thing. You know, you started to get tools that were multi-featured like high level, but before high level, we used, I think we I were actually, now that I've talked shit about them, we were using lead pages. So I'd use lead pages, I'd zap the information from lead pages into Google Sheets, and then a macro would be run inside of Google Sheets. And the result 
would trigger Zapier to send an email based off of whatever it was that somebody added to lead pages and then their response to the, and so like Zapier was the hub to our spokes. It was, um, and dude, parser by Zapier that'll actually take information from emails, parse it out and plug it into a spreadsheet for you. Email by Zapier, like it, it does so much. If you're a CMO or director of marketing, bet money, and this is maybe scary for me to say, I don't know, I'm not trying to piss people off, but I bet you 20% of your workforce could be replaced by Zapier if you really paid attention and got good at what Zapier allows for from an automation perspective. Yeah. We don't have a huge dev team, but they're very efficient <laughs> and they work really well because they use this tool. Right. We just don't need it. We'll probably need more people at some point in time, but if you are doing anything digital, just check out Zapier. Like I said, we're going to leave links in the show notes here. And this doesn't mean you need to know everything about it. Like, look at me. I'm like, I don't even know where it's being used inside Tier 11. I know every channel, every customer uses it in some way, shape, or form, or let's say 90%. Mm-hmm. The point is, is like, I look at efficiency from an organizational perspective. Zapier helps with that. It's one of those things that we couldn't live without it. Yeah. It's worth at least one employee. So until it costs you $80,000 a year plus health and medical and paid time off, then Zapier is not too expensive because it's always worth at least one employee. And if it's not, you're not using it right. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. That's a great way to think about it. Like it is an FTE. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> at like one-tenth of the cost or one-fifth of the cost, depending on what your payroll schedule is. So anyway, so there's tracking right there. Last but not least, we tend to draw out funnels, the whole steps of them. The tool that our team loves is Figma. I have seen some totally badass funnel layouts, how everything works in Figma. I tend to use Canva for that, for any of those sorts of visual. So this is like pre-funnel, but just designing things from how your traffic actually flows. Mm. Figma is just really, really sweet. There's a lot of tools that are out there, but that's the one that our team really, really likes. I know on the creative team as well, they do a lot of mock-ups on Figma as well as on Canva. So that's sort of a two-for-one there, conversion rate optimization, conversion architecture, as well as design. Those are our big tools there. There's a lot there. And I think just based upon our enthusiasm, high-level click funnels, Zapier at the very least, Google Optimize, definitely another one. Gem pages is definitely one we're going to have to talk more about as we test and trial it more on Shopify stores. That's awesome. Dude, there's a ton of these I have to go to school on. So this is a good episode for me. I'm learning. So there you go. All right. Well, we will be back with another tools episode shortly. This is one of those ones where we're listening to your feedback. And if you do want to suggest areas of improvement or things that you want to hear about here on the show, head on over to perpetualtraffic.com forward slash better. We read every single one of those and take it into consideration as to what we want to do here to make the show even better and more relevant to you, whether you're a director of marketing or you're in the trenches or you're just a CEO curious about what traffic actually is, try and cover all that here. Certainly follow us as well on the Twitters for Qasim. That's at Qasim Aslam. And then me over on LinkedIn. I'm way more active there than I am on Twitter. And go back and listen to previous episodes for sure. The resources and links that we mentioned here are at perpetualtraffic.com. So on behalf of my, <laughs> behalf of my awesome co-host, Qasim Aslam. Peace. Until next show, see ya. You've been listening to Perpetual Traffic, 